It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm actually going to go with the Dockers. Um, I think to be beaten that uh, significantly on their own dung heap um, is a real... Uh, I mean, so there's been red flags already for them, but... I think uh, Justin Longmuir and his, and his coaches have got a, have got a, a bit of sorting out to do. Um, they have been dour. They're not defending as well. You know, to give up 118 points and, and not to have the offence going back the other way is a real concern. Nathan Buckley talking about uh, Fremantle and quite significant, I think, that Nathan Buckley was that strong in his criticism of Fremantle because... He uh, he understands Justin Longmuir. He's worked with Justin Longmuir, of course. Justin Longmuir was the defensive coach at Collingwood before he came to Fremantle. I think Nathan's always been a fan and very appreciative of the way Justin has gone about it. So when he calls them out and he suggests there is something uh, not right there, I think there is something not right there. Um, Fremantle have lost the contested possession count in every game this year. That is is not a coincidence. And joining me on the show now to uh, give his take on what is wrong with the Dockers is Michael Barlow, former Fremantle player. He is also the Werribee coach, I believe, coming off a 93-point win over Williamstown yesterday. Mickey, welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good morning, Duff. Yeah, sometimes it just clicks, doesn't it? Seven um, days ago or eight days ago, we couldn't, couldn't hit a target, but yesterday... Um, yeah, it all came together and we had a nice win. So it's always nice the Monday following a win. What sort of coach are you, Mick? Some coaches like their teams to play exactly the way that they played and some coaches like their teams to play nothing like the way they played. So what sort of team is Werribee at the moment? Are they high possession, very smart, ball-finding midfield types or are they accountable, defensively-minded, Ross Lyon types? Good, good question. Um, I think we're probably riding a roller coaster a bit at the moment. Um, we were pretty good last week. We probably played a little bit like myself. Couldn't hit a target. Um, couldn't execute in front of goal. And um, the coach was begrudging all of that. And we probably didn't have any speed on the outside to close down opposition. But um, this week, yeah, we tended to be a bit more clever with the ball and, and, and utilise it a little bit better. So to answer your question, um, I think early days in my coaching career, even though I was third year in, I was very much you know, coached the way um, that I was that resonated with me, which was the Russell Lyon system and you know, that, that defense, defensive aspect. Um, I'm lucky to have a really good senior assistant coach, Nick Daffy, who's more of the offensive mind, and um, yeah, he's kind of taking control of the ball movement, which, uh, which came to the fore yesterday. Okay, let's get to the bad news of the weekend. What's wrong with Fremantle? Yeah. We go on in there, Freo, so two and four. Um, yeah, that performance. Right from the start, you could it was um, you could sense that despite the doggy not kicking straight and keeping the doggies in it, it was it was a one-sided match. Um, they really kind of moved the ball out of the front half. Yes, the um, the doggies put on good forward half pressure and turned the footy over. Annoys him in their front half, but yeah, the doggies just didn't have any ability to penetrate all the way through um, the arcs and and then generate kind of some flowing ball movement inside forty fifty. So. I had a quick look across the weekend. I think there's, there's a bit of a miss at the moment about 
Uh, the other dog is not using handball and being very kick, kick orientated out of the back half. They're actually handballing a fair bit out of the back half. Um, it's just a, a bit of lucky connection and efficiency with ball in hand once they once they kind of get between the arcs with ball in hand, you know, the mid not using the ball well and the half back similarly or the outside players aren't using the ball at the level um, required at the moment to, to generate score. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's kind of the, the ball movement piece is a chicken and egg piece. Often it's about the first kick that starts from deep in defence. If that one goes wide and conservative, you're pretty much stuffed because the opposition will hem you in. It's, they seem to be falling for that kick into the pocket, the safe kick, the the absolutely no-risk kick, which leaves a lot for the players with ball in hand to do from there. Yeah, it's good enough, I think, in terms of... Um yeah, that, that, that lateral kick to, to the pocket, um, teams, teams invite that because it actually becomes an easier easier ground to defend if you hand them into the half of half of ground and it's in the D50. So, um, yeah, they're, they're probably a little bit predictable about how to um, how to, to play against at the moment from our offence point of view. Personnel is, is an interesting one, isn't it? I think on their list, you're looking at the moment who's really improved, and six six weeks actually becomes a sample size where you can where you can have a look at like, who's who's improved, who's taken their game to to another level. Um, yeah, I think I think Caleb Sarong's probably the one that's, that's had a pretty consistent start to the year. Um, outside of that, the, you know, the, the back half getting a lot of footy, but we've discussed the penetration and effectiveness out there. Um, probably hasn't been at the level um, that it has been in the last twelve months, which took them to for a semi-final, I think there'll be a lot of questions being asked internally around, OK, what these first six games look like? Individual you know, reviews, individual audits, I think, would be happening in terms of um, where has your game progressed? How have you improved? How have you helped our game evolve? And um, I think the question marks probably stem at the moment just from, from searching for some individual improvement. And yeah, that sounds simplistic. Um, and it's actually quite hard to do in season uh, this next six week block which is uh, the challenge on games um, yeah, but those individuals just got to get better improve and, uh, and, and cut some lower so minus 25 in contested possession on Friday night um, um, on the minus side in contested possession in all of their six games this year even in their wins um, mm. Is that just a matter of being harder or is it a matter of different method? They need better method or is it just a matter of being cleaner because they're fumbling a lot and their ball security isn't great at the moment. So so what do you put it down to? Yeah, both good points. So I think some balance around contests. Uh, and again, you look at the, the midfield mix and this is where I probably at the start of the year was thinking, um, where's the point of difference in, the, in that midfield? So it's a wrong Brayshaw, O'Meara, Brody. Um, if they're your four mids, and they're all really good, good AFL-level players um, at their best, but they can be a little bit one-dimensional, you know, like ball hunting um, on the outside. That, that inner layer, yes, can, can be quite effective with the ability to go on hunt ball and, and either win ball or make a tackle. But what makes up contested possession is actually kind of that spill ball when it spills into the outer layer um, and, and the ball is free. You saw the doggies, the white jumpers on, on Friday night just, just explode to the ball with leg speed and, and um, and zippiness. I think Caleb Daniel speaks that they, they bring him up as a as a high half forward um, to to look after the spill ball. So he's not relied on going and get the first contested ball. He goes and get the, the second or third um, ball from contest. Which at the moment, who can do that for the Dockers? Um, you know, you're scratching your head a little bit as to, to who can go and be 
that that whole half forward extra midfield. So it's not a bit like contested possession aspect in the game because um, what Fremantle are is, is largely a, a hold six forwards team and, and rely on their mids and, and wingers to generate more of stoppage to score. So not even bringing an extra around the ball. So that was that was where the game was on on, on Friday night. I walked out stopping all the time and. Um, the doggies decided that at their best, um, put it around and clean, and, and they go from there and score. And you mentioned that the Dockers, um, course, extremely ability to stay in the contest and get arms free and, and execute that that first possession or put your teammate in a clear position from that first possession, just have them in there. Mick, we might just play some Justin Longmuir audio from the post-match, and we've got a bit of a scratchy line. One of our uh, our uh, listeners is texting saying he sounds like he's underwater. It's just uh, you're, you're kind of coming and going a bit. I know you can talk with a mouthful of marbles underwater, Mick. I know that about you. But uh, let's uh, let's listen to Justin Longmuir, and we'll try and fix your line while we're doing that. Uh, well, we got stuck in our back half. Like, um, every time the ball went in our, our back 50, we... Yeah, we couldn't. Yeah, ball movement wouldn't allow us to get field position from there, um, and we got we got done on the outside in contest. Um, so their, their contest method was way superior to ours. Um, that was, uh, was bits and pieces all over the ground, but you know, when we went long out of our out of our back fifty, whether it was from a kicking or or ball movement, they just handled those contests, got on the outside of us, and got re-entries. Um, yeah, so we spoke about our contest method, um, needing to reschool that. We got we got a lesson on that tonight, and um, yeah, have back half ball movement. We need to be able to get field position from there. What do you make of that, Mick? Was that uh, is that how you saw it unfold? Yeah, I'm just trying to fix this line, Duff, but I caught the back end of it around um, around yeah. contest and yep. and the balance and and then whatnot around around ball. So I think. Yeah, well, what is on the agenda is is the execution, eh? So, what does an AFL skill level look like? And and right now, I think you know they're they're lacking in terms of of executing the skill. Um, and then going to school, I think, like we just discussed um, on the scratchy line, was the the contest method. You look at the dogs, how they do it, um, and, and their game plans are completely different around contest. The dogs bring an extra up through stoppage a lot of the time to support that handball out of stoppage. Um, it's something that. I think you know Fremantle may look into it, in particular if, if Nat Fife can, can get himself back up and going and, and be that forward at times that comes up to stoppage and gives them an outnumber, a bigger body to be able to to utilise outnumber from stoppage. Um, so I think yeah, I think a few things are on the agenda with Freo and the way they want to play by the sounds of Justin Longmuir's um, comments. When Nathan Fife comes back, assuming that he comes back and he gets his body right, where would you play him? How would you use him? Yeah, I've been pretty strong on this. I think the 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 preseason that he's had and him really wrapping his head around that forward role, like that's that's the role to play. Uh, that's that's what he has now committed to. Um, but then at the same time, I'm, I'm looking and I've just commented on it. The opportunity to be the forward that comes up to stoppage uh, between the arcs and an impact and cause he's a natural midfielder. He's run two Brownlow's playing that position, so around the contest. He can absolutely um, fulfil the requirements. So, yeah, I think the, the hybrid forward, um, the ability to lead and and get separation and uh, and hit scoreboard, um, is what Fifey needs to do, or the or the role Fifey should be playing with. You know, the the sugar hit as a as an extra midfielder um, at stoppage and trying to lose your opponent on the way out a little bit. Um, 
you know, probably 20 to 30% of the time. West Coast, is this all about injury or do they need to look a bit deeper? They've now been a basket case for, for two seasons. Um, they had to deal with COVID and injury last year, but COVID hit them far worse than Fremantle for whatever reason, and injuries have hit them far worse than any other club in the competition. Can such a run be put down to bad luck, or do you think there has to be some bad management in there as well? Uh, yeah, I think that I think we just become we've become accustomed to Nick Nat Nui not playing, haven't we? So there's. And I'm, I absolutely know that there would be questions being asked by the fans about how, how can we and, and different theories and, and efforts made to get him right to play, um, and it just hasn't hasn't happened. And that, that's been a gaping hole, hasn't it? But an important, a good ruckman in in an AFL side um, can, can be a big swing. Like that's the, that's the position that swings your game the most. A competitive ruckman that can follow up and have big impact on games, which Nick that really is. Um, so. And, and what he would be taking up in terms of salary cap and all of that, so they are playing, you know, one-handed at times um, without the availability of Nick. And so there's, there's the management side of things. Have they um, nailed that? Clearly, they haven't. Elliot Yo seems to be another one that you know you don't you just kind of keep flicking when you or keep scrolling on your phone when you read the ins and outs and you see Yo out again with a, a soft tissue. It just it doesn't surprise anymore. So there is um, absolutely some. Some management questions around how they're maximising their list and having their best players available, um, and yeah, I think that, that's, that's probably starting to become asked a little bit stronger than it probably has in, in the past because the the efforts or, or the the outcomes of West Coast games in the last of the 18 months there has been significant excuse for, particularly from COVID. Um, but yeah, a lot, lot of the injuries uh, you can manage and and look to, to put something in place to be able to make sure that they're not recurring and you have your best players available. Um, and then they have, to, to just add a layer to that, they've, they've given, a lot, given up a lot in draft capital in the last few years to, to actually um, accelerate this rebuild, haven't they? So the last two or three years, the, the, the players that are coming through, we still don't know if they're AFL standard, um, whereas if you, if you commit to the draft in the last three to four years, the players coming through, you know, if they're top 20, 30 picks, you know that through 20 or 30 games in three or four years, you're going to have a genuine, or the probability of having genuine AFL players is, is at a greater height. We know that the old Ross line saying, I think it was Dennis Pagan saying actually, and Ross pinched it from Dennis, but um, never as good, never as bad. But how long does it take to turn something like this around? Given what you see and given we know that Yo's a question mark. Nat Nui's a massive question mark. Shuey's a question mark. Shannon Hearn's being managed this year. You would expect him not to play next year. Gaff and Darling both post-30. McGovern's second serious injury in as many years. He's well and truly post-30 now as well. Um, how long does it take to turn, turn something like this around? You wouldn't know, would you? It's, I think West Coast, the, like if you look at Hawthorne, North Melbourne, um, who else is down the bottom there? So Hawthorne and North Melbourne are probably the two examples that uh, probably Adelaide in the last couple of years. They're, they're a great example, right? So they, they've been the bottom bottom few for a, a, a few years. But what what we're seeing now is these players that have played twenty to thirty games, and Matthew Nix now having coached um, his system and his style and understand the players and what their capacity is for for a period of time. That they're, they're, they're 
they're absolutely booming. So they're, they're, the, they're the stock of the year. The Adelaide Crows off the back of a couple of years of investment in draft and, and in, um, in, in coaching and, and in strategy. Um, so it can, it can turn around pretty quickly if done right, but I don't think the confidence would be there at the moment with um, probably particularly the West Coast list. If you're looking for comparisons from West Coast to, to Adelaide, um, you know, Adelaide's resurgence has been off the back of, yes, the younger players coming through, but also the ability of um, the older players to play a role. Like Rory Led, the gun, and, and Brody Smith, gun. But they're, they're, they're older and closer to 30. Might even be 30, a couple of them. They're still relying on Rory Sloan to play a role. Taylor Walker um, playing a role. So, like you say, in a year or two, you wouldn't see um, significant roles being played by Gaff, uh, maybe by Darling, um, you know, not by Hearn, uh, in terms of what the rebuild looks like. So... Yeah, you need that balance of, of youth and experience. Um, I think that's where West Coast, in the next 12 to 14 months, um, unless they go trade and recruit experience, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of responsibility on the shoulders of these young eagles. Mick, thanks very much for joining us on the show. Good luck with Werribee, mate. Hopefully we see more 93-point wins on the horizon for you. <laughs> and hopefully we see better things for our two AFL teams over here as well. Otherwise, it's going to be a long, bleak winter talking about this stuff every weekend. But thanks for joining us on the show today. Easy done, Duff. Anytime. Michael Barlow, former Fremantle star, current coach of Werribee, giving his thoughts on our two AFL teams at the moment. What are your thoughts? You can give them to us on the Temper at Bedshed text line, 0487 736 736, or call us on the open line, 13 12 55. We'll take a break.